What's up, everyone? We're here for post-game Locked On Bucks, and it's a happy pod today. The Bucks, uh, look, they've been losing some games. It's been a weird season all year round, but the one trend that we have had with this team is that they tend to play to a high level when they're on uh, national TV or when they're playing a fellow contender. There weren't the full cast of characters tonight with the Bucks and Warriors, but nonetheless, uh, the Bucks did dominate this game right from the outset. We're going to break all that down. Of course, Frank's here. Giannis was unbelievable, which makes me feel great because I get to hang out with Frank. And I have to bring it up every single time. That's why Frank's laughing. Let's get into it. <laughs> Max him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show daily and find my work over at ESPN. And joining me is founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. As always, we thank you for making Locked on Bucks your first listen of every single day. And we know that people are more enthusiastic about listening to Locked on Bucks after a big Giannis performance, after a big Bucks win. And it was certainly that uh, tonight against the Warriors. I had to check what the final score was because this game was over at halftime, but it was 118 to 99 at the end. And Frank, you were laughing in the in the intro. And I think the reason you were laughing in the intro is because I do make a real effort to make some big deal about you joining the podcast only when Giannis plays well. First of all, Giannis plays well most nights. It's every game. It's like every game. So, you know. Yeah. And you and you very rarely, if ever, miss a post-game pod. So at this point, it's just a bit, it's just a bit that I'm running with here. But the one argument I will make is that sometimes you podcast begrudgingly you're perhaps not as enthusiastic as you are on other nights tonight i assume you're enthusiastic Giannis, 30 points 12 rebounds 11 assists didn't even need 30 minutes to do so beautiful performance this is what we like to see when we tune in to watch the uh, bucks of milwaukee <laughs> yeah and i mean give the warriors some credit you know they they, they outscored the they outscored the bucks by 20 in the second half and it was never close right which is probably is the biggest statement about this game like it was such a domination and, you know, wire to wire Bucks race to a quick early lead. Giannis immediately sort of imprinting his stamp on this game. It became very, very obvious right away that the Golden State Warriors were missing Draymond Green. And it never felt like the Bucks were really missing Drew Holiday, right? Which is, you know, I think coming into this game was obviously a major talking point, which is that, hey, both of these teams are missing arguably their second best player. Obviously, we can debate Chris Middleton. He was terrific again tonight. He's been playing really well with Drew Holiday out, having to take on more of that playmaking role. Um, but, you know, I think, again, both teams may be slightly, obviously, slightly less than full strength. But, um, I mean, the Bucks just came out with, uh, I mean, they came out with a, their, their you know, uh, foot firmly pressed on the accelerator. And Giannis set the tone early. Chris Middleton was hitting step-back jump shots early. And... Man, Wes Matthews, I love this storyline, man. Wes Matthews gets the assignment to defend Steph Curry. I I thought on Friday he was going to be tasked with defending James Harden. We've seen him do that. He ends up doing a really nice job on KD, making him work. KD still put up pretty good numbers. Um, But tonight, I mean, Steph 
wasn't even really like, look, I don't even know when he took his first shot. It was it like six minutes into the game or something like that? He he ended up, I think, driving um, past Giannis on a, a, I think it might have been a pick and roll or something where he had a nice little uptake. But, I mean, West face guarded him. I don't think he committed a foul all night. And Steph never really got engaged. And with the Bucks playing that more aggressive pick and roll defense with, you know, obviously they try to go up Bobby Portis. Bobby's coming out, hedging really hard. They're taking the ball out of Steph's hands. And, you know, I think, it's interesting, right? I think a lot of us, I mean, I've watched some Warriors games. I haven't watched a ton of Warriors games. You kind of look at the roster and you're just like, how are they as good as they've been, right? You, you kind of are still a little bit trying to figure it out, right? Because they have a lot of role players, guys who've stepped up and really played really well. Um, you know, Wiggins, Jordan Poole. I mean, those guys have had awesome years, certainly playing above kind of, you know, historically what you would expect of them. But tonight, didn't feel like that. The Bucks had terrific energy defensively. They were flying all over the place. Of course, I think the Warriors missed shots early that they normally would make. But by the end of the game, I mean the three-point metric, you know, the three-point numbers. I think the Bucks had two more threes, one or two more threes than them by the end of the game. This was a game that was really decided by just Giannis inflicting his will, driving to the basket. And I mean, some of his his assist package tonight was, you know, he gets 11 assists, but man, some of those passes were beautiful. I feel like his accuracy, I, I keep thinking of a Friday night pass to Bobby, that whip pass um, in the second half against the Nets. Uh, he had a couple passes tonight as well, like look away passes, you know, corner passes right in the shooting pocket, one motion up. And again, it just feels like his, you know, the assist numbers are up slightly, um, but it just feels like his passing has taken another step forward uh, again this year. And again, like he said last year, I forget which series was after. I think he said like, MFers didn't know I could pass something like that. Right. Remember he said that at some point when, when people were saying, Oh, look at his passing. And he was just like, you guys didn't know I could pass. Giannis, we know you can pass, but I think the pass passing has taken another step forward this year. And, you know, he was doing what he wanted offensively tonight. Poor Kevon Looney, um, Milwaukee native didn't have much of a chance going against Giannis. And, you know, certainly they missed Draymond tonight, but I, I, you know, again, I don't think the injuries on either side made a whole lot of difference. This was all bucks from the word go and 37, 21 after one quarter and to get it to 77, 38 at halftime. I mean, that's incredible. You know, I guess incredible as any team, let alone against the war warrior team that has been awesome this year. That was the second biggest halftime margin in franchise history. And I think they said on TNT, double check this one, but I'm happy to roll with it anyway. I think they said that's the biggest deficit uh, Steve Kerr has had as coach of the Warriors as well, which I guess isn't that surprising. I mean, 39 points is pretty outrageous. Uh, but to do that in this game where, yeah, as you mentioned, both teams were missing a key piece, I would argue that Draymond Green, not only defensively, but offensively, how he makes everything tick, might be a bigger loss for the Warriors, or probably is a bigger loss for the Warriors than uh, than Drew Holiday is for the Bucks, just because you can still give the ball to Giannis and he can just physically dominate. As we saw, I was talking with Camille yesterday on the podcast about the reason why I look at this Bucks team, and even though it's been a roller coaster ride, even though there's been guys in and out of the lineup, why I still feel that the Bucks are. I think they should be the favorite for the title. And a big reason for that is because you watch Giannis tonight, and it's like he can just say, you know what, screw this. I'm going to the free throw line 15 times. I'm not going to run out of energy. I'm going to wear everyone down across the course of a series or across the course of a night. And as you mentioned, Kevon Looney looked like a broken man after about half a quarter in this game. He really. Looked like he was struggling. 
the one pass that stood out to me, you mentioned a couple to the corner, but there was one where he was sort of at the free throw line or even on the left side of the free throw line. And with his left hand, he just like whipped it over his head. And like you said, the accuracy, it hit, I think it was Grayson Allen, but it like yeah. hit Grayson Allen like right between the eyes. And I was like, I don't even know how you have that control. Now he did have a pass later in the game where I think Jordan Warrior is in the corner and it was a little bit uh, similar to the one to Pat Connor and the other night. I went into about the 15th row, I think. Just a bit outside, yeah. <laughs> but uh, for the most part, um, he's obviously been spectacular. I want to ask you, I took a note down tonight and I actually saw that someone asked you this on Twitter or someone commented on Twitter. So you already mentioned Wes Matthews. I want to get back to that. An interesting question just that I was thinking of as I was watching this game and I saw you comment on on Twitter. But first, we'll talk about Bet Online. Uh, Bet Online is wishing you a happy new betting year. As they continue the march towards the playoffs in multiple sports, of course, NFL gets going this weekend. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and new updated desktop and mobile website that you can sign up to today and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to get started there. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. That's bet online where the game starts. I uh, should mention the Locked On Now podcast. Uh, you'll see a clip. If you watch the Locked On Now podcast after you listen to Locked On Bucks, you'll see a clip of me doing my game recap uh, while the fourth quarter is still on the TV behind me. And I'm talking about this game uh, because the Bucks wrapped it up very early. But let's get to Wes Matthews. Uh, so I mentioned that someone asked you this on Twitter, but I, I take notes, you know, just in general uh, during the game. And I don't know if you can read that. Should Wes start was the question that I had in my <laughs> notebook because I wanted to remember to ask you this. I think if you look at what Wesley Matthews can do offensively in comparison to Grayson Allen, in comparison to Dante, I think we all agree if you're in that starting lineup anyway, it's a minimal role. Grayson Allen started the season like a house on fire, but we have seen that the shots of come back a little bit um, as all the other options are, are back in the lineup there. So I don't think that you really need to worry about the offensive side of the ball too much for the fifth guy. But I just think there's no question defensively. You already mentioned, you guard Durant, you have him on Steph Curry. Now, would he guard Steph Curry in a series if Drew Holiday's playing? No, he wouldn't. But the fact that he's able to even do that does open up a bunch of options. And we've gone from the last few weeks saying, well, do you we think Wes Matthews will stay in this on this roster uh, beyond the guaranteed date or towards the postseason to now? I'm sitting here asking you, do you think Wesley Matthews, if his body holds up, if he's still feeling physically fine, should be the guy that moves into the starting lineup on this team? So I, I don't know that it matters as much in, in the regular season. Yeah. Um, I think the, you know, to me, the big question and shout out to uh, uh, on Twitter, you, you posted the, you kind of tweeted about basically just acknowledging how awesome Wes has been. And I retweeted that. And then uh, it was socialist bucks who responded and basically mm-hmm. was like, you know, he should start. And I, I haven't really heard anybody kind of like actively campaigning for that at this point. Um, although you wrote it down on your big sheet of paper cane. So you were obviously thinking about it tonight during the game. Um, <laughs> um, but uh yeah, I mean, you know, we saw it. I mean, think back most prominently, I'm thinking back to the Christmas Day game where Wes is in that closing lineup, the switchability he affords you. Uh, you know, we've seen him defend up at times against bigger guys and kind of hold his own. Um, and I think it's interesting, right? Because I think it's only natural people are going to draw the comparisons between what Wes is doing this year and 
you know, can he do kind of things similar to what PJ Tucker did last year? And um, I mean, I always make, make the point that West doesn't kind of defend up positions the way that, that PJ can, right? Like PJ is, you know, probably really, I mean, he's, he's a starting power forward in the NBA at this point, right? Um, he can switch on to centers and kind of hold his own, even if that's you know, he's obviously very short to be attending most centers, but he's really strong. West, look, I, I don't think you're going to start West, you know, uh, as a power forward in the league. Um, but I think what we've seen here, uh, you know, you pointed out between Friday and today, um, what he's able to do in terms of kind of balance, or, you know, playing that balancing act of physicality, denying a, you know, one of the, if not the best off ball guards, off ball movers that we have in Steph Curry, who also is arguably the best guy with the ball in his hands in the league. Um, his combination of being able to get over screens, his combination of just being able to kind of face guard all around the court and deny the ball. Um, and to do that without fouling, he had two fouls on Friday. He had no fouls tonight, if I remember correctly. I looked at it like midway through the third quarter. Yeah, no fouls tonight. Um, to be able to do that uh, and then to be able to, you know, switch in a pinch onto a bigger player like look if he if he gets switched onto joel Embiid, yeah it's probably not going to work out that well right but um not many teams have a joel Embiid, so uh for the most part you can get away with i think wes and and running switching schemes and, and leveraging that versatility um you know against a lot of teams and um his ability to guard down i think is is better i, I would argue probably better than pj i mean again we saw pj even defending chris paul to start that phoenix series but Obviously, didn't didn't work out that well. Um, so I think West just deserves a ton of credit, right? I mean, I don't think he's lost really any. I mean, he doesn't look like he's lost anything since we last saw him, you know, a year and a half ago, um, towards the end of that run and uh, in, in that disappointing Heat series. You know, he defensively was the only guy who really had a uh, showed much of a, a fight against Jimmy Butler. And so to have a guy that you know we saw gave Kevin Durant, you know, uh, a kind of may, may really made KD work for it. We know he can make Jimmy Butler work for it. We know he can now make Steph Curry work for it. Um, and we've seen him defend James Harden when Harden was in Houston. That's just a really valuable thing. And I think especially if you look forward to like a net series, the possibility of having another wing defender starting a game next to Drew Holiday when you're potentially going to be having to face Kyrie and Harden and uh, uh, um, Kyrie Harden and KD all at the same time, you just, you know, that's a big ask, right? You need, <laughs> you need three really good defenders and you need to have connectivity and you need to have switchability. Um, so I would say the regular season, not that worried about it really. You know, I think it's fine. I, I don't think you want to play West 30 minutes a game. You mentioned yeah, health. Yeah. I think you want to preserve a guy kind of like what they did with PJ last year. I mean, PJ mm -hmm. didn't start during the regular season and it really only happened. I mean, it's interesting to wonder like, would PJ have eventually started if not for the Dante injury, you know, we'll never know. Um, but I think it's fine to just keep using Wes, maybe kind of the way you have been right now, um, kind of measure his minutes a little bit. But if you ask me right now, you know, who is the Bucks' best closing lineup? Obviously, it always depends a little bit on, on circumstance and situation and who's out there for the opponents, right? Like, do you want Bobby Portis out there? Do you want to play smaller with Giannis at center without another big man? But, um, I mean, for me, I, I think Wes Matthews is, is a guy I want out there, you know, and I think... Again, when push comes to shove, being able to have that switchability and being able to really pressure the ball, I think is just such a valuable thing. And I mean, he continues to shoot the three ball with two or three again tonight. Um, as long as he continues to shoot the three ball well and you know he stays physically healthy, um, I think he's a guy that, again, I'll happily see him closing regular season games. And then I think the interesting question is going to be, 
do you consider then starting him in the postseason? I think uh, it's it's a it's a great option to have. And again, just knock on wood that kind of he stays healthy and he can continue to do what he's been doing. Yeah, he's kind of been starting through necessity, obviously, here these last few weeks. He probably wouldn't have done so. But yeah, I probably should have prefaced that, that it, it's more meaningful in the postseason, a potential series against, say, Brooklyn than it is a Tuesday night against the Detroit Pistons, for sure. It's interesting, though, because... And I was thinking about this because a lot of people are still searching for that P.J. Tucker replacement. That's the the sentiment you see, and I understand why, um, based on what we saw in, in last year's postseason. And we've heard P.J. Tucker talk about this a lot you know, in interviews since the playoffs and stuff like that. And earlier this week, I was doing some work uh, for ESPN. And I was talking to Matisse Thibel and I asked him what he thinks, what he thinks when he's guarding Kevin Durant or what he thinks when he's playing Brooklyn and he sees James Harden. And he was just like, well, it's kind of similar to what PJ said. He's just like, well, you're screwed. He's like, there's nothing you can really do. You just try your best not to foul and, and do whatever you can. And they're probably going to score anyway. And that's why tonight... It's, I didn't want to bring up the Wes Matthews thing because Steph Curry had an off night because you can't rely on that. Like yeah. that's, not, that's not something that you can expect. That's not something that you can rely on, similar to the effort against Kevin Durant. But the fouling is obviously a point that you've made. And Paulina, the friend, and listens to the show, she made that uh, point first. She said, well, he's done it without fouling, which is obviously pretty uh, pretty important. So again, it's I'm not really reading too much from the fact that Steph Curry didn't have a great night tonight. It was more just how Wes Matthews looked, I guess, mobility-wise, in able to either deny the ball totally or stay in front of a guy like a Kevin Durant, which, uh, let's be honest, not everyone can even do that. And without fouling, I mean, our guy Dante, who, by the way, I'm still as high on Dante as anyone else, but particularly on those three-point shots at the moment, it's, it's rough out there for Dante. He's fouling a little bit as much as he hasn't been able to hit some shots. Yeah, and you know, just looking at it, like we, we have not seen very much of Wes with kind of like the uh, quote unquote full starting five. Um, I, I I did check Wes, Giannis, and Chris together are plus thirty one net rating in one hundred and seventy some possessions. Um, and Wes, Giannis, Chris, and Drew have barely played together twenty nine possessions, so it's almost pointless to look at it. But they they do have a hundred a plus hundred and ten net net rating. <laughs> so. Uh, I, by the way, and by the way, I, I, I normally don't like citing like net ratings for like really small sample possession numbers, but I'm looking at cleaning the glass, which only shows that I, I prefer if it's like a hundred minutes or less, I prefer to just look at like, what is the raw differential between, between the teams? Because, you know, it's a little easier to, to kind of get your arms around. Cause when you, when you start looking at like 20 possessions, 30 possessions, like a team hits like <laughs> Four you know a couple a couple is, yeah. Yeah, yeah a couple threes each way can just swing it wildly and can really kind of kind of make it sort of a funhouse mirror thing. So I'm I'm going against the way I you know am typically you know uh, willing to do that. But um, but yeah, I mean I think just you know it, it's funny looking at these games and maybe, and maybe I'll I'll tee this up for a question to you. I mean when you're watching these games like. What what do you look at as the significance of these games? It's kind of funny. Like the Bucks have blown out the Nets twice now. They blow out the the Warriors tonight. Um, it's almost like these games are like so uncompetitive that it's like hard to kind of suss out a lot <laughs> a lot of meaning from them, right? Like if they went into like crunch time, like back and forth, like it would be more interesting in some ways. Um, but I'm curious, kind of what what you would what you take from these? Like how meaningful 
is a matchup of of uh, you know the Bucks against a really good team like this. What do what do you take from? I, I've got my kind of personal view, and I think it's sort of different this year than maybe in previous years. And we've kind of hinted at it before, but like, what is the significance of the Bucks just railing the the Golden State Warriors tonight? Um, and again, they came into this uh, just behind Phoenix for the, the best record in the NBA. Well, normally when I'm getting ready to watch these games, I'm usually pretty fired up. And uh, I don't do this often, particularly during regular season games, but it became a habit in the postseason last year. But uh, my personal victory cigar, if I'm watching the Bucks and they're blowing out a fellow contender, is eating a Bilt Bar. And I did this halfway through the second quarter tonight and built bar is the best tasting protein bar that's ever been made tastes just like a candy bar even better than a candy bar frank and i am going to get to your question don't worry about that but it was just the perfect setup built bars are covered in 100 real chocolate they're healthy for you 130 calories four grams of sugar four net carbs and 17 grams of protein you can compare that to a standard candy bar if you want and you're going to be horrified by what you see in that other rubbish that you're eating that isn't built bar so make sure you get to the built bar order all the flavors you want the mix boxes, whatever you can get your hands on. All you have to do is go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, I'll answer your question now, Frank. Uh, so what am I looking for in games like this, or can I take anything away? I think I said in our DM that you can't really take anything away from this, and uh, I basically meant that in the way that I sort of described Steph Curry. Like the Warriors aren't going to shoot 30%. They're going to shoot 25% from three. Clay Thompson, you would assume in three months' time, is going to be in better shape than he is now. Draymond will be there. All those types of things. And I think back to the games that the Bucs had against the Brooklyn Nets last year. And I can't remember what the season series was during the regular season. It might have been 2-1 Milwaukee in the end, or, or maybe it was Brooklyn. But uh, the point was that we saw fourth quarter minutes where both teams really, really wanted to win. And even in the game that the Bucs didn't win, we got to see what they might try and do down the stretch offensively and defensively. So I remember those pods were great when we were breaking down that game and saying, okay, what can we take from this? This wasn't the case tonight. So what do I, ta- what, what do I actually take from this? The biggest thing it, with all these contending teams that I look for is do they have anything to stop Giannis? Now, Draymond wasn't there tonight, but what I learned tonight is that Kevon Looney doesn't have a chance. Andre Iguodala looks like a 37-year-old when he's trying to guard Giannis So that was one takeaway that I took from tonight. And then the other parts, uh, I think, is just the rotation that was from Milwaukee's point of view in terms of playoffs and where they might be when they actually really crunch it down, as we've seen Bud do in the past. Some of the guys that we've hoped might try and crack the rotation, whether it's Jordan War, Rodney Hood, Semi Ojale, they're out if everyone's healthy. We can forget about it. They're not going to be in the playoff rotation. Uh, I think that we've seen enough basketball. And tonight, we saw the guys that he had on the floor, like Grayson Allen, might not be the perfect defender, but he's reliable and he will hit shots. Wesley Matthews, we know, has came into that. So I, I didn't take, honestly, a lot away from tonight. I don't think the Warriors are going to be losing any sleep over this game at all. But they may be asking themselves, what the hell are we doing with Giannis? And there's three weeks towards the trade deadline. I know there's been all sorts of rumors about Golden State maybe even getting rid of a couple of the younger guys and looking at a Miles Turner or something like that. Things can still change. But tonight, uh, that's basically what I what I looked at with this game. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think Giannis in the in the post game, we, we we talked about it. Um, you know that that in some ways I, I worry less. I, I'm not. There have been very few times where like I look at these games and be like, oh, what does this mean for like a playoff matchup with with that other team, right? right. Um, you know, I think like the like Miami like PJ giving Giannis trouble. It's like, uh, 
they'd be annoying to face again in the playoffs, but they also swept them last year. So yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's just so hard night to night to figure out what the real version of each team is um, that I, I, I agree. Like, I don't take this as like a, Oh, you know, the bucks are, you know, inevitably going to go to the finals and they're going to beat the no. crap out of the, the, the warriors. Right. I mean, I think yeah. it's, I think it's important in some ways just to like, it's nice to see these reminders that like, okay, when the bucks are like locked in on both ends, they're really, really good. Right. Like they're still the champs. They can still play at a high level. Even this is a big missing, win. It's, it's a, it's a, I, I, I've been, I've been going back to impressive win. I'd say okay. this is a very impressive win. Um, I, I, you know, and again, cause I feel like impressive just big implies that like, there's some like grander significance to it. I think it's more just impressive. Yeah. Um, speaks to you know them i think responding to obviously some less than stellar play of late um but otherwise i agree with you i mean i think there are some kind of you know more micro things that we can take away i think um you know we already talked a lot about wes i think that's been just a very encouraging sign i mean we haven't talked about bobby portis oh i mean national tv bobby portis like again he was awesome on friday again had had one bad game out of the two uh in in charlotte but uh, tonight, I mean, he was again terrific. I mean, the confidence he plays with, the swagger. Um, you know, as I mentioned, right? Like they're now getting used to playing this more aggressive style of pick and roll defense when he's starting. Which I think the upside is, like, again, I think you you can't sit back, you can't put Bobby just back in the paint like Brooke. So you know, I think Bud knows that. Um, you've got to either kind of you know play aggressively, hedge hard. Um, or, or sometimes even switch. Um, they executed that from the start tonight. And again, there's going to be nights where you're, you're going to be made to pay for it because the team's going to move the ball and hit threes and things like that. Um, again, tonight, that that was obviously not the case. It worked really well. You took the ball out of Stephen Curry's hands and you made other guys beat you and they could not beat you. Um, so I, I think you had to be happy with that. And it wasn't like the Bucks were doing some like special tactics in that regard. Like that, that's just the way that they've been playing with Bobby. So, um, so I think like, that's like one of those things that like the, that I'm curious over the long, long term of the season and going to the playoffs, like, you know, how, how reliable can that be relative to other things they've done? Well, whether, you know, previously it was always just zone drop or switch. Right. And now you have sort of this other wrinkle that I think inevitably you're going to see in the playoffs. And, and again, not to say that it's like, you know, then this next great thing. Um, but to see that continue to work reasonably well with Giannis, you know, patrolling on the backside, I think that was encouraging um and and yeah i mean i think uh you know it's it's we still have what 40 39 38 so, so we, we still have a lot of games to go um so I, I i hesitate to like write off you know i, I don't want to write off jordan Wara or anything like that i mean again who knows right like the bucks could lose three four guys to injuries and you may need some of these guys who are currently on the fringes of what you would say uh, a potential playoff rotation would be to, to do something. So, you know, you hope that at some point, Shemi Ojale, he had a three tonight. He had an above the break three. That was like actually kind of far out. Um, I missed it. I, I, I don't know that. Um, I don't know that we're going to be um, expecting much from Shemi Ojale, but I think, you know, the good news is that, you know, we're starting to crystallize a fair bit, like what that rotation is. Um, you know, and again, aside from we didn't get obviously the real starting group tonight, but um, getting Pat healthy, uh, he hit the uh, wide open three off a nice little two man game with Giannis to get Giannis's tenth assist. But um, you know, seeing with Pat, um, with West now coming off the bench and giving you you know another like really nice 
uh, wing piece to, to roll out there. It's good to see George Hill out there tonight. I was never more desperate to see George Hill healthy. Yeah. He didn't score a point tonight, um, but just having him out there as kind of taking the baton from Wes. I don't think he did as good a job as Wes defending staff, but again, he's steady, right? George Hill's always steady. Even if he doesn't make threes, he's, he's always way up in the plus minus list. The Bucks are always just better with him on the floor for whatever reason, just his two-way steadiness. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think obviously there's questions to be answered, especially in terms of the big rotation. Um, but tonight, especially with the way that the Warriors played, obviously they're not a team that are really going to hurt you because you know you're not playing um boogie cousins or something like that right so um so yeah and, and i think the other thing too is like i mean bucks just need to win games here right i mean you know talking about playoff seedings and things like that um at the end of this regular season i'm not going to be really overly focused on how they did against certain teams going to the playoffs it's really just hey just go win games right they've got eight out of ten at home but um they're going to be playing a bunch of good teams they've got some tough matchups coming up you know, they have to play in Atlanta who like, I see, you see the stat that Atlanta hasn't won since at home since November 22nd. I saw that and I was immediately like, oh crap, Bucks are losing there on Monday. No doubt. Right. It's going to, it's, it's inevitably going to happen, but, um, but it is a national TV game. So hopefully the national TV thing, Giannis always seems to, to rise to that occasion, but, um, but they have to play Memphis. You know, they, there's a, there's a bunch of tough games coming up. The Raptors who've been, you know, you know, definitely annoying a thorn in the side of, of everyone, including the Bucks. Um, they've got them, him, them coming up this weekend. So, um, so just, you know, just seeing them start to play better and, and again, to wreck up, you know, any wins you can while Drew is hurt, doesn't sound like he's like imminently coming back here. So you may have to, you know, try to scratch out another win or two without Drew, which is, which is tough, but again, to be able to do it in Brooklyn and tonight, um, a nice reminder of, Hey, this, this team is really, really good. And, um, you know, you look at just the key guys that you're going to want to play playing at a high level in the postseason, Giannis obviously has been incredible. He's been at a, at a super high level here since really coming back from COVID. Chris is really rounding into form. His shooting has come back. His playmaking is there. Um, you know, some of the shot making tonight from him was, <laughs> was awesome. Right. I mean, I thought when Giannis went to the bench, I think they, um, I don't know who it was. Was it Dante? Somebody fouled, um, uh, fouled uh, a warrior. I think it was Jordan Poole on a three point attempt. And it got to like 29, 21, and then they ripped off an 8-0 run to end the quarter. And, and really, you know, Chris was kind of the catalyst of, of that group without Giannis on the floor. So seeing Giannis, Chris, Bobby playing at such a high level um, and now seeing to start getting some of these other role players, you know, Pat Connaughton's been good all year um, and now Wes coming in and, and starting to do stuff. I mean, again, like, let's just get healthy and get guys playing, you know, at, at a good level. And then, you know, you're going to feel pretty good about where you're going to be come come postseason. So the Bucks actually currently in fourth now. It's, it, if you don't look at the standings for a couple of days, you really lose track of what's going on. But Miami's jumped up into second. Uh, the Nets did get blown out by the the pesky Thunder. Josh Giddy and the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight. So shout out. Shout out to Josh, a, a great Aussie. And uh, the Thunder there t- handling the Nets, who didn't have Kevin Durant, didn't have Kyrie Irving in that game. But nonetheless, it's cool to see them pick up a loss. Uh, as far as a couple of things just to tidy this up. So first of all, I want to shout out our guy, uh, Justin Superbuck on Twitter. Uh, just uh, mingle, mingles with the stars all the time out, out there in, in LA uh, doing all sorts Emmy, of... Emmy Award winner, Justin exactly, Superbuck. Right. Like real legit Emmy winner, yeah. No, he's he's great. Uh, but I now that I've butted him up, i got to bring him down. He tweeted something tonight. And he said, imagine if Giannis actually tried to get triple doubles. Justin, are you watching these games? 
Have you not seen Giannis assist hunting for the last five years? He absolutely does care about triple-doubles, and he absolutely knows about them. Come on, Justin. We love Giannis, but we can't try and sit here and say he doesn't hunt triple-doubles, Frank. He gets in his assist hunting mode. Uh, tonight it was less obvious because, um, you know, Reggie was, was talking about, well, why is he even out there, you know, with like eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter? A, I mean, it wasn't like a 40 point game at that point. They got it down to what, like 18 or something. Um, so, and the other thing is too, is is like, well, George Hill is literally the only point guard that's currently healthy that you have on the roster. Uh, I guess Lindell Wigginton, shout out to Lindell Wigginton gets called up from the herd has his first bucket in the NBA. Um, that's that's pretty cool. Shout out to Lindell. Nice, nice to see the herd guys get rewarded. Javante oh, Smart yeah. just could not make a shot for the past month or so. And I think the Bucks were like, all right, check please, you know, just see if somebody else maybe can give you something. But um, but yeah, we, uh, you know, Giannis, uh, he knows when he's close to 10 assists. Um, and I, I mean, what do you have, eight in the first half? He's seven or eight in the first half, including the, I mean, the play of the game. We got to mention this before we go. The I, I did not think Bobby Portis was going to be able to get off that buzzer beating three at the end of the <sighs> first half. Um, you know, Bobby has not he's not a guy that you would say has the quickest release in basketball. Um, By his but own man, admission. But, you know, it, it's one of those things, though. He's he's tall enough. Right. I mean, he's, he's not like he's a six footer trying to get a shot off. And, you know, t- even though he's shooting at such a high percentage, people are still like, Eh, I'll give Bobby Portis a lightly contested three-point look, right? And um, but tonight, I mean, again, he was sort of stepping into him, even when he was not wide open. Uh, you felt pretty good about it, and um, amazingly, Giannis comes up with it, it, that. That last play, I thought, was a great um, summation of the game, right? The to end the first half, Steph drives, um, kind of is going to his left, and Wes kind of forces him into an awkward left-handed shot. Giannis gets the rebound. Giannis sprints up, takes like what one dribble or something like that. And then fires the ball. I thought I just assumed Giannis was gonna have to shoot like a half court shot. Giannis instead fires the ball ahead. And at that point, you're kind of thinking like, oh, okay, is this like a hot potato thing? Like, you know, I don't want to take the, the the heave, so I'm gonna give it to somebody else. Um, but amazingly, you know, hits Bobby right on that left wing uh, above the break, contested three, nails it, and uh, that was a that was a nice shimmy. And I, I don't know, did you see the uh, there was an, a different angle of the shimmy? That I saw after the game, which showed that Giannis was given a little, Giannis <laughs> was given a little bit of shimmy too. Which, of course, you know, when you're playing Steph Curry, eh, you know, I I don't know if I don't know if doing the shimmy against Wes or against Steph is the equivalent of doing the the Aaron Rodgers belt against the Packers. I, mm-hmm. I feel like the shimmies too. I mean, Antoine Walker was doing the shimmy, you know, before Steph was was even in the NBA. So I I feel like Steph is maybe the most prominent shimmier, but um, it was a pretty good pretty good shimmy from. From Bobby Portis tonight. Well, I'm torn because uh, a I love fun, love fun. Oh my God, it looks like your head's on a swivel there, Frankie. Yeah, know. A bit of that. This is this is why we this is why we have the YouTube feed so people can see my head doing. Get on it. YouTube and you'll see Frank busting yeah. some moves right now. It's absolutely yeah. unbelievable. Very flexible neck, but it looks very very yeah. Yeah, I I love fun. <laughs> I love having fun and. Is that in your dating profile? I love having fun. Yeah, it's probably why I'm not having much luck, to be honest. That's why you're got, single. Yeah. Yeah. I probably gotta I probably gotta work on that. But I do. I love having fun. I love seeing other people have fun. Um so I loved <laughs> that from Bobby Portis. But I also am very paranoid about any type of, you know, agitation or agitating behavior. Bear poking. 
Yeah, like I think about the Giannis crown. I've said before, I still didn't really love that, even though it was cool at the time. It still made me feel a little bit anxious. Um, we saw Trey Young last year pull a shimmy off. Didn't work out well for you, pal. Did not work out well for you. So, you know, I'm always a little bit wary, particularly against really good teams. If you're doing it against the scrub teams, the scrub teams, it doesn't matter. They're, they're not going to come back to bite you. Who cares? Against the Warriors, if the Bucks do play the Warriors in the playoffs, it's pretty high stakes by that point. So, you know, you don't... You're just not looking to piss anyone off, Frank. But either way... I, I don't, yeah, I don't... I, I, I think... Uh... I think I think the the shimmy is a public good at this point. Yeah. It's part of the public domain. Yeah. Um, I think we need more shimmying, not less shimmying. We need probably less shimmy, but more shimmying. Um, and uh, you know, I, I I feel like we're I feel like we're good. And if Bobby Portis wants to like hit more threes and like do more shimmying, then I feel like I can't properly shimmy with my with this jacket on. But um, okay, well, don't wear the jacket, all right, Frank. But that's a perfect yeah. way. To enter the weekend. By the way, check out the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. If you're into that type of thing, they've got you covered. Uh, Frank, we can enter the weekend in winning fashion. Bucks have a day off tomorrow. We can be relaxed. We can be feeling good. And uh, the Bucks are back 10 games over 500. It's a perfect way, perfect Friday afternoon for me, Thursday evening for you. You've got one day to get through before the weekend, but I'm sure you'll manage. Yeah, let's. Uh... Hey Bucks, how about we go on a run here? You know, kind of let's, let's let's string some wins together, right? Not, none of this like stop, start, win an impressive game, then lose two, and nobody's watching. Like you know, let's this fourth in the East nonsense. Let's, let's let's move up a little bit. And also, hey Warriors, uh, go beat the Bulls tomorrow night. Yeah, just, just a request. Exactly right. The Bulls got beat down by the Nets yesterday. That was fun. Uh, now we'll see what the Warriors can do. But we'll be back. On Monday, uh, this is the end of the week for us, but we appreciate everyone listening. Didn't quite get to the 2K on YouTube. We're at 1.99 subs. Over the weekend, I'm sure we'll get to 2K, but if you're listening to the audio podcast, you haven't been to YouTube, no better time than to do it today. You get to see Frank dancing. Uh, That's absolutely worth it. So we'll leave it there. Myself, for Frank, we'll catch you guys on Monday.